What's up, everyone, and welcome to another episode of In These Current Times. I am a friendly about host Juggernaut, and let's jump right in. So, um, right off the bat, I want to talk on the Kathleen Kennedy situation. Kind of, kind of just delve deep and expatiate on the whole situation at hand. Um, so, the first thing is first, Kathleen Kennedy is currently the, executive, also the studio executive or president of Lucasfilm. Remember that Lucasfilm is, you know, under the banner of Disney, just the same way how um, Star, um, sorry, um, Marvel also is under the banner of Disney. So anyway, um, yeah, so she has been the kind of executive drive for a long period of time since Force Awakens came out, and if you check her track record, actually, it's you know it's pretty good, it's pretty pretty impressive. I mean, Force Awakens made two billion dollars, both um, Last Jedi and Rise of Skywalker. The latter, which I do not like at all, both made a billion dollars. Rogue One made a billion dollars. The only financial flop probably be Solo. But the thing is, um, as wonderful as a producer as she is, actually, there's a lot of questions about how you know studio executive roles or, or capabilities, and this is based on the multiple creative differences she has had or clashes that she has had with multiple directors in the past. And you know, the thing about this kind of situation is it was once or twice is understandable. Hell, um, Kevin Feige had creative differences with um, what was his name, Edgar Wright for Ant Man, you know. And that's like the one major one. And then even same thing happened with them Doctor Strange 2 with um, Scott Derrickson. But the thing the difference with those ones is we I mean they kind of documented the reason why they split. But with Kathleen Kennedy and this, all these directors, it, most times it's not even treated and you know, most of the audience members don't get the full story. They all started all the way back with Josh Trank. Yeah, I think you guys remember Josh Trank. Yeah, he was one of the director of Chronicle, which was actually a fantastic movie. But then unfortunately he was roped in with um Fantastic Four, the 2015 Fantastic Four, which was absolute garbage. But anyway, the same thing happened. She comes out, she announces she's doing something with him, and the next thing you have creative differences. And the problem with this is it shows that you know they usually rush to announcement before they actually settle the fine print, before they actually come to terms with how the script and story should go. Next thing she did the same thing with Colin Trevorrow, who was who directed uh, Jurassic World. I believe both Jurassic World movies one and two. Yeah, same thing. Big announcement. We have him on board, and then before you know what is dropped, and then you also have this was the most painful one for me personally. Um, I was excited for Solo initially because of the fact that I was going to be Phil Lord and Chris Chris Miller directing, and these guys obviously have done fantastic work both on the small screen, the big screen, and even animation. They did 21 Jump Street movies. They did um, Last Man on Earth. They did. They produced um, Brooklyn Nine Nine. They did Into the Spider Verse. The kind of the producers of that. I mean, these guys are just you know stellar in their work. And I remember hearing that they had been like they had gone through three quarter way finishing shooting solo, and then you know they just got kind of pulled from the project, and then Ron Howard was sent to replace them. It was kind of a bummer. I think they said that the movie the movie was too you know light hearted, was too funny. I mean, as we saw what we got, you know, obviously that was the wrong choice, and it was just kind of a bummer. Then, um, this one also kind of bummer because I know a lot of people don't like The Last Jedi. I personally don't love it, but I actually enjoyed it. I like the way it tried to sub- subvert expectations, tried to be tried to be bold in his approach, and I actually like Ryan Johnson for that. He was also meant to direct a trilogy, which has been put on hiatus, you know, kind of <laughs> almost indefinitely right now, and I doubt it's going to come back because of the amount of backlash he received regarding this movie i mean it was so bad like 
it made no sense and that's the problem with the toxicity of the for fandom at times you know people lashing out at him and saying they ruined the, the childhood and to the point that even some other directors that have stated themselves so that they're not interested in directing star wars movie because of how toxic the fandom can be and then you also have db weiss and D david benioff the showrunners of, of the of course the critically acclaimed game of thrones now of course same thing again big announcement before they got to the fine period although this one is a bit understandable because i think they also had a role to play in them not being selected you know of course the controversial ending or unsatisfying ending quote-unquote of game of thrones season 8 left a lot of left a sour taste in a lot of people's mouths i still think game of thrones as a whole was a great show sure the finale wasn't as satisfying but i think that's part of what probably led to them dropping their work on and i think they, they were meant to work on um the, the high republic saga then you have the more recent one in patty jenkins which like i said now it's not looking like rogue, one, rogue squadron might happen under her anyway anymore and it's such a bummer because i really love that short kind of promo they created for it the live action one where she's on the tarmac on the runway wearing the fighter um, helmet fighter pilot helmets with, an, with a live action x-wing and talk about her, her father being a pilot and why this project is there and close to her heart but yeah but it's a bummer to hear that but what's the craziest thing a lot of people theorize that all these um, issues compile the fact that for disney plus they would barely hear anything about um star wars apart from obi-wan that made people assume that there was a lot of chaos going on in the lucas films so a lot of people probably assume that Kalkenda is going to be let go but just for reports to come out to tell us that she actually had a three-year contract renewed so which makes us makes you know makes us think a little bit makes people think like it's obvious that you know her work filmography speaks for itself because it still make tons of money you know i mean hell she also also brought she was kind of responsible for greenlighting mandalorian for bringing um john favreau of course who directed iron man and bringing him in, in touch or in contact with um was the defiloni who was known for the clone wars saga so yeah she's actually done a lot of good things but i feel like she's better as a producer than as a studio exec because it seems like she gets excited when meeting a new prospect and then announces the um projects they're working on before they actually even decide or conclude on the direction of the projects and that's not really a good thing because it, this can be very i mean it's really really affected solo i mean hell um we've heard that garrett edwards the director of rogue one was actually locked out of the editing room just thankfully it's thankful that the movie still turned out to be really good and it's obvious because if what the trailer for rogue one there's a lot of scenes cut out that don't appear in the final product but anyway, time will tell. Um, I really like the Star Wars universe. I'm kind of kind of passionate about it. I love the whole expansion. Even though personally myself, I've come to love the the kind of extended universe more than the main universe. You know, um, of course, the original um, trilogy was fantastic. The prequels, not so good. I did enjoy, I did enjoy Revenge of Sith a lot. There's still some good things in the prequels. Uh, the pod racing scene, Attack on Clones, the fighter geniuses, um, Revenge of the Sith was pretty good. Then the sequels. The sequel trilogy, Force Awakening was actually very good. I, I actually really enjoyed it. Last Jedi was actually intri intriguing. I absolutely hated Last um, Rise of a Skywalker. Ah, Jedi, I hated that movie so much. But in time will tell, I would see, you know, what her plans are for the future. And I really hope they get their role, their dogs in a row because we got Boba Fett, Book of Boba Fett coming out. We got the Mandalorian season three coming out. We got Ahsoka. We got the Acolyte, which is actually a project I'm really interested in and intrigued about. We got Ando and many more. So let's we'll see how things go anyway. Alright, on to our next topic. Oh, this is this is an really crazy crazy one. So anyway, reports came um that Letitia Wright, the actress playing Shuri in the MCU. She was Shuri in Black Panther and you know other MCU movies. 
she sustained a critical injury on the set of Black Panther 2 and she had to be flown home to London for treatment. But the thing now is that um, from what we are hearing, first of all, I heard that the, the injury is actually worse um, than expected. And then additionally, for anyone that you know has been kind of following her story knows she's she's a student, she's an anti-vaxxer, she's strongly against the whole COVID thing. She's against taking the COVID vaccine and what have you. So I you know when you leave a country, when you come back inside, especially in America, when you go back to America, you can only enter on two bases. Either you're a citizen or you have the vaccination, you've been vaccinated. And she she's not a citizen and she's refusing to be vaccinated, which whew, which is a very dicey situation because it kind of puts Black Panther 2 on the back burner. <laughs> which and I, I'm sure she's playing a major part in that movie. So whew, I don't know. I really, I really look personally myself. I'm not. I'm not. I'm. I'm against our beliefs. I don't believe the whole anti-vaxxer thing. I don't believe in the conspiracy, in the pandemic, and what have you. You know, I don't like to get involved with actors' lives unless whatever they have having their lives affecting their their movies directly or their roles in movies. And this seems to be the case. I, I actually wish I had a quick recovery, but I don't know how they're going to shoot it. With, and it would be ridiculous to use green screen and all that stuff like they did with Nataro for the Army of the Dead. So I don't know. I'm just gonna rewrite the script and focus more on other characters like uh, Nakia and uh, Mbaku. But time will tell. I'm gonna see how things go. Yeah. Uh poof. Yeah, that was my interesting one. Next topic. Um. So Tom Holland, um, apparently came out to talk about how he's not interested in playing Spider-Man forever. Which I mean, to be honest, is not a ridiculous statement if you think about it. Because you're gonna grow older. You want to take on more, you know, daunting tasks. Going to take on more, you know, daunting roles and things like that. More challenging roles. But I think he said something along the line of if you still play Spider-Man you of 30, then there's something wrong with him. And I can understand the sentiment actually, you know, um movie making is is being an actor is a job. I will look for me, you have to realize there's a job and you know a lot of people get get franchise fatigue, it's when you're playing the same character for year and year over. We saw that in Jennifer Lawrence as mistake. In this, in this, in uh, first class, she was. It was obvious she was excited to play the role. This of future part, she was still really cool. But by the time we reached Apocalypse, we could kind of say a decline in our energy. I mean, even as audience member, and then by the time we Dark Phoenix, you could tell she was just out of it. She, she couldn't care any, uh, anymore about the movie role. So um, we see, it's not really a surprising thing, and I understand why he wants to push himself. But I, I get that he's a young actor; it makes a lot of sense. And funny enough, he's. The funny thing is, outside the MCU, he has he's actually a pretty good performer. He has shown range, but unfortunately, most of his movies that he has done outside the MCU have not been good. Um, you know, Chaos Walking, I haven't seen the movie, but you know, got critically panned. Um, um, what shall I call it? Yeah, Cherry also got a lot of like, you know, got panned hard. Um, I did like Devil all the time. Thought I was okay actually, but it wasn't, you know, wasn't he have that oomph? Didn't pack that oomph? And then we have Uncharted coming. So I mean, if, Unchart- if Uncharted is successful, at least that might change narrative a little bit. If, if it isn't, man, that's pretty worrisome because it's kind of be like what's happened. What happened with Robert Downey Jr., who is a phenomenal actor, but happened to be in bad movies outside. Okay, not necessarily, but bad or lackluster or mediocre movies outside the MCU. But anyway, time will tell, and we'll see how how things go from there. Then uh, our last news for today, actually, it just came out yesterday, and I just thought talk about it. I haven't really read deeply into it, but I just like the casting. Um, so we got news. We know Blade is on his way, and Marshal Ali is going to be playing Blade. Uh, I like the fact that you know he was also cutting mouth in um, Luke Cage, and I enjoy. Oh, I love this character's cutting mouth. Yeah. So we got news that Del Lindo, who appeared in um, 
that five bloods he was the guy that stole the show in the five bloods was he was the father to the character of um jonathan Majors. he also played bass reeves in um the heart of the fall he's a phenomenal actor dude is so good he's so good he was good on the good fights and a lot of other shows prior and i really love his performance so i'm really excited to see him being blade now of course we don't know who he's gonna play i'm gonna Put my bets. I'm gonna ask Jones. Gonna probably play um Whisker. I think that was the Whistler, Abraham Whistler, which was kind of like the mentor to Blade. I mean, I know he's white in the comics, but I don't really think that matters personally. But if I was to place a bet, is either playing Whisker, Abraham Whisker, or probably playing the villain, which I, I can't. I don't really know. I don't think he's been playing Deacon Frost, but I can't really speak to that yet. Anyway, but I'm curious to see how it goes because I really, really like his actor. He's really good. He kills his performances wherever he is, man. Even lackluster movies, he's always a standout. Anyway, that's all the time I have this morning. <laughs> yeah. Um, thank you guys for tuning in. Um, let me know what your thoughts about this. What do you think about the whole Star Wars situation? Do you think Kathleen Kennedy could really turn the boats around? Do you think future projects being planned are still going to be a good thing? What do you think about Black Panther 2's fiasco? Um, what do you think about the, anti- the, the non-vaccination that or, um, stance of Letitia Rice? And what do you think they're going to do about the movie? Because, you know, it can't just be... They already, already has released this, so they have to finish wrap things up. Then Tom Holland, I thought age you think is appropriate for him to stop playing Spider-Man. How many more movies do you think he can do? And let me know what you guys think in the comment section. And as always, guys, stay safe and stay tuned.